But it's one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. You get a free child's play, we'll use ticket stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. Casa Ole, Ole! It's Lima Time Time, episode 23 of Lima Time Time. He is Patrick. I'm James. How you doing, Patrick? What is up? You've been you've been, you've been on the brink of death for like a week, all, right? All week. The literally the worst sinus infection ever known to mankind. So anything like croup? Any, I mean, is it like is it bleak? Are are you call is darkness spreading? Are you gonna make? I, it? This is the first day I felt decent, and I still have a bunch of crud in my mouth. It's just that doesn't sound good. <laughs> delete that. <laughs> um, nope. Delete that right now. <laughs> No, it's I. I'm okay. I'm drinking again. So that's really. Good. I heard that's really good for your immune system. Yeah, I just yeah. Read, I read a whole blog on it. <laughs> and you can always trust blogs. Yeah, yeah. It was a mommy blog, so I know it's 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 real. Yeah. So, no, I'm uh, I'm good. We've got a good baseball team again, so that goes with my immune system. Yeah, it's sort of like the, your immune system cratered as the Astros did, and now they're they're showing signs of life as as you are. Yeah, exactly right. Greatest comeback since Lazarus. Um, how? So, do you want to say something about Bravado Spice real quick? Yes, I still love Bravado Spice. In fact, I drank some hot sauce to clear my sinuses a couple <laughs> days ago, and it wasn't a good idea. But it was still delicious, even with my taste buds relinquished. Um, they are in Austin for the Hot Sauce Festival. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, go check out their accounts. They have cool social media accounts. So even if you don't buy their stuff, you can still like see how cool they are, but yeah. also buy their stuff. Uh, Bravado Spice Company. Go to bravadospiceco.com or is it bravadospicecompany.com? I don't even know their website anymore. Sorry, James. Um, Google it. You know what it is. Go look them up. Just Google Bravado Spice. You'll find it. I'm like the worst spokesperson ever. <laughs> I know. Yeah. The Twitter is at Bravado Spice. I know that. Yeah. So. Yeah, That's, you can yeah. find. Like I trust everybody listening is smart enough to to find them. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And I'm just doing half-ass jobs, so they they pay us a lot more. This is just kind of a negotiating tactic that I've developed. It's a good one. Uh huh. Or it'll just get us dropped completely. Yeah, we'll see how it turns out. Um. Okay, so yeah, it's been a really weird week for the Astros, and and we'll just go ahead and say it out loud. We don't have any notes for this one. Um, we were going to have a special guest on, but, uh, our special guest was, is sick in a similar manner to, to how Patrick was. Yep. So, so we're just going to kind of wing this, but I mean, it'll, it'll be fine. The, there, there are three or four things we want to talk about, maybe a little bit shorter tonight, which is fine. Yeah. But, um, okay. So I guess let's start with, let's start with the big, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what would qualify as the bigger story of sort of the, the four or five that we were talking about before. We hit this little red button here. Um, what do you want to start with? What do, what do you see as the as the biggest story of the week? Um, of the week, you know, there's a lot of like little things contributing. I don't think there's one big story. It's nice to see the offense show up in Baltimore, even though with that ballpark, I'm not sure that's the best litmus test. 
Well, it's it, it, they're actually you know the contingent on them winning today, which I which it certainly see the game's ongoing as we as we record. The, this would be the I was looking at this. This would be the first Im, actually impressive series win for the Astros since the last time they beat the Orioles back in May. Yeah, that was a good series win too. Like and, every and, every yeah, series that they've won since that series, like it's been against a team that hasn't that hasn't been as good. I guess the Mariners would qualify as pretty good now. But yeah. but they had a str- I mean they any like any time they play the Rangers, you know, ob- the obvious happened. So this is an impressive win and I didn't know that they ha- I didn't think they had it in them. No, and you know what you've been talking about this all year too how they are really good at beating up on the little teams and they just don't play well against decent baseball teams. Yeah. And you know a lot of the times it's the opposite where you have a team that will beat all the best teams in the league and then it's frustrating because they'll go to Minnesota and lose three out of four and they can't beat the bad teams. So it's the opposite and they're both not good. Well, that's what the Rangers, the Rangers are doing that. They, excuse me, they have a really good winning percentage against teams at or over 500 and a fairly terrible win against teams under five. Like they play to their competition. And of course it helps that the Astros have been mainly over 500 since, you know, when they could dominate the Astros, but I always feel I feel like 2000. Anytime you talk about the Rangers, like in the last two years, it should have an asterisk, like that. There's a there's, but they also played the Astros 19 times that year. Like it's and they went 28, 18 and one, yeah, or 18 and two. Sorry, I don't do math. Whatever. Um, you know, it's so. But anyway, so the but the Rangers do that, and and it's really there was an article in the Wall Street Journal a few days ago that talked about how the the Rangers have like it's basically like the worst winning percentage comparatively like if you subtract the winning percentage against teams under 500 to their winning percentage against teams over 500 like it's the biggest disparity they just huh. don't, they they play to their competition unfortunately they get up for Astros games and the Astros can't get it up against the Rangers I think it's I think it's that's a partially us not being able to perform as well yeah there's well, like there's the voodoo aspect of it Yes, absolutely. It's got to be in our heads, whether they say it or not. It's in their heads because we're all thinking it. It's like, oh shit, we can't beat these guys. So it like manifests in, through negative energy. Yes, and, and ghost hauntings. <laughs> um, I knew a guy once that that actually legitimately believed. This is totally off the subject, but he he absolutely one hundred percent believed that the New York Times crossword puzzle was easier to solve in the evening because people had been thinking about it and working on it all day and the answers were more readily available. Oh, from people like the the thought energy? Yeah. <laughs> and I I laughed and then I realized no, he was not he was not kidding. He was the, this is something he wholeheartedly believed. It was it whatever was, helps him complete that. That's a very tough crossword puzzle. So you got to you got to use any advantage you can. And it looks like the Orioles just scored. Good old Adam Jones. It's 4-2 now. 4-2. So we, so we spoke too early, of course. We did. We have to forget that there's a uh, – or we don't have to forget. We don't. We need to not forget that uh, six-run innings are very possible <laughs> in, this, in this series, that it can happen at any moment. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So, so yeah, the, the – what were we talking about before I started talking about thought energy? I don't, voodoo is all I can think about. Oh yeah, about oh, this being an, an impressive series. It, 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 they at least split the series, which is positive on the road for the Astros to, you know. I st- they got to win this game. This was a this was a do or die series for me. 
yeah, I needed, I needed this. I needed, and Friday, if you heard me on the Alan Michael show Friday morning, and this was even before McHugh, you know, cratered in the first inning against the Orioles. Like, Have you I, yelled at him for cutting my segment yet? Did Will you do that and embarrass him on air, please? Thank you. <laughs> did you text him? No. You I'm should. not good because it's like not his. It's it's the producer's call. Huh. All I did was make witch jokes. Like I wouldn't have had me back on either. <laughs> or when a team's losing seven times in a row, you kind of you would cut the comedian out of the. Uh, <laughs> you don't need two segments during the week. People have LSU football to worry about. That's right. But I am mad about it though. All right, carry on. Sorry. No. So um, I yeah no I was thing everything was lost. I was not. I was not happy. Uh, and then Saturday, you know, Friday and Saturday happened and, and it was, everything was good. So do you think that <laughs> we keep going back to this? Are, is the, and I feel like it's the, like your girlfriend has been, I'm not saying your girlfriend, but like your one's significant other, like hasn't cheated on you in like a week. And you think maybe this is the time it turns around. <laughs> do, is that, is that what we're going through or is there a legitimate reason for hope or is part of you worried that they're just coming up with a different way to break your heart? Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm always an optimist, but that being said, I really think that they're done. And I've pro- I pronounced them dead last week. Um, so I've, I've kind of been, it's easier to watch them when you've got rid of all expectations. Yeah. And then you can just kind of focus on, all right, Bregman's hitting. This looks good. All right, oh, Gurriel comes out and has two good plate appearances. And you just look at little shit, and you're just waiting on next year. Let's build on this. So you don't, I don't get as mad. And then they've once I've done that, they've won three straight against the Orioles. And they're not, I mean, they're not officially dead. It just feels that way. It feels like it, but if they win today. Like, I don't even feel momentum changing with three wins in a row, do you? I mean, honestly, do you feel like they're back? I mean, really, deep down in your heart, not what you want. <sighs> I don't know. No, you don't. You do not feel like they're back. I guess I'm looking, I guess I haven't really thought about it like this, but I, I guess my my feeling is that they, this is a good springboard for going into next year. Well, exactly, and that's that's kind of what I'm saying. And, and you know, it's funny because we've been, we've been putting these little, timetable timetables on them all year long yeah if they don't do this by the end of this week by the end of this month by the <laughs> all-star break by the end of this month they're done and they've exceeded that every single time and hung on just to keep us dangling around so i mean it's not out of the realm of possibility that they reel off 15 in a row they probably aren't I guess but it's like this is one of those teams that can do that they're just young and streaky and they don't care and that's what's scary about them from both liking them and being an opponent. Yeah. I, I, I guess, you know, the, there's, still, there's still September to go through. And it's, I guess it's important to remember that, and even though everyone's going to listen to this after the game that we're recording during is over, but right. should they win today, they're only three and a half back of the wild card. A lot of teams, though, and a lot of good teams in front of them. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's nice to... Uh, to beat a team in front of you. I also think it should be said that it, that the Astros did this to themselves. It's not like there was a, her, sure. there was a, her, I mean, if, if Luis Valbuena was the answer to all of your questions, then you are asking the wrong questions. Like the Astros <laughs> dug, dug themselves. Yeah. It hurt to lose Valbuena when he was at the hottest he's ever been in his career. 
but that shouldn't the, sub, subtracting him shouldn't be what leads to you losing sixteen out of twenty three games. Well, you but you lost you lost Valbuena, you lost Rasmus, you lost Gomez. Whether he was producing or not, it's it's still mentally those are those are three starters, and so then then you're playing with the the Fresno Grizzlies. Yeah, like it's I mean, so I think they did what was expected. I think guys could have hit a little bit better, obviously. But you can't expect guys to just show up and produce. Like Kemp just showed up and started hitting in that Rangers game that we ended up losing in extra innings. <laughs> and Typical. Hernandez has been great. So, I mean, guys have like produced, but nobody has like stepped up and gotten really hot aside from Bregman lately. Yeah, and everyone – I mean, Bregman's average is – and- He's yeah. raised it like 200 points in a matter of a week and a half. Well, and you see like the flashes. Like those the two home runs he hit in this series were serious pop. And he's a little dude, so to see that shows you exactly what the reason is for him being the number one prospect. Yeah. And I didn't realize he was MLB's ranked number one prospect too. Coming up, did you? I didn't know that. I saw a tweet from them. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Because of how hot he was in in Corpus and Fresno, I don't think they had any choice but to say, "All right, this dude's this dude's ready." I mean, yeah, he was. I mean, he. I mean, he literally hit himself into the lineup, which is awesome. Yeah, and I then, feel like he would have been here anyway by default, but he did earn his way into the lineup. Yeah, no, for sure. And to think that he got drafted what fifteen months ago. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. So, I mean, it's obviously, the, you know, the every, you look at his numbers and, and you're like, well, but you keep the one for 32 or whatever he started out with, uh, that's pretty much been erased. So I think you can, that's going to go on his Hall of Fame plaque. Like, started out his career. <laughs> well, you had the, that great tweet that just said about the giving a guy more than 10 days to, to get ready yeah. to the baseball at the highest level or whatever. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Yeah, but. no, I mean, every, I could have, we could have done a, a series of retweets of Astros fans from two or three weeks ago calling for Bregman to get sent down again. And like, I, and it just goes back to how I feel like I'm always picking on the, the fan base, but there's some really bad outspoken fans online. I think that's true. Of, that's true of any team, but, and, and, and I think the idiots speak out more. Oh like yeah. They're more vocal and hate. They're just filled with hate and they'll just type anything that, that they think. Yeah. But I just have seen so much stupid shit lately that it really upsets me. <laughs> it's well, and I think as yeah, though the those the Astro, Astros trolls, you know, when when they lose sixteen to twenty three, they're a lot more vocal. And when they're you know when they're playing like when they're playing like one of the best teams in baseball, like they did for eight weeks or ten weeks or whatever, then. You didn't hear as much of it, so. I, but it goes back to, if you don't like the Astros, then you're gonna champion every opportunity to. Even I mean, even if you if you're an Astros fan and you don't like how the organization has been run over the last five years, then you're gonna find any reason you can to yell and scream and be obnoxious. And well, yeah, and, and we're in hot take society too, where even people that don't have extensive baseball knowledge. Oh, I don't think Bregman's going to cut it in the big leagues just because they see him go 0 for 15. Yeah. They're like, oh, he hasn't had a hit yet. He's not good enough. And they just, the automatic assumption is that he's not good enough. It's like, no, calm down. Everybody wants to have their, uh, 
their opinions heard. No, and unfortunately, w- that's the worst thing for all of us. <laughs> I think I think people want to be able to just retweet something like three months later that makes that look like they were Nostradamus. I, I, and I think that's sadly a lot more true. <laughs> it's really true. Yeah, yeah. You come up with outrageous. People love to say that they said something first, so it's like every little angle they'll say it. Yeah, I tweeted Friday night that the Astros, like in the middle of the top top of the first inning, I said the Astros are going to win, and then McHugh gives up four home runs, you know, before they record an out, and even I was like, screw it, I'm not going to watch this, and then I'll be honest, I I turned it off, and then I I turned it back, I turned it back on, and then of course I retweeted myself, like I like I I was just blasting, <laughs> I, I did the same thing that I just blasted people for doing. So no, it, it's it's expected. Hey, I'm three for the four on those crazy predictions. So yeah, you don't it, you you only go on a whim very. You don't do it very often. No, if you do it every day, it's it. Then you minimize your. Yeah, but you'll just go and be like Jake Marisnik's going two for four today. He <laughs> <laughs> like goes two for four. It's, it's, it's that's voodoo. That's actual voodoo. It's weird. It's very strange. You have these weird premonitions. My eyes get milky, get the color of like milk and an or you're like an oracle. Yeah, <laughs> my eyelids flutter and I come out of it and I'm naked. Like Bregman will walk on the leadoff. It's like, "What? That's not even that important. Why? Why do I have to get milky eyes for this?" <laughs> like you think it'd be more important and revolutionary like, yeah. now. It's like Bregman's going to foul tip the first pitch. It's like, oh, that's not important. I don't need this. <laughs> I can't get all lottery numbers here. Or... I need to get cataracts for this. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Um, so to confirmation bias and the Astros, um, the hot story, I guess it was Thursday or Friday. Well, there was an article in, in USA Today on Thursday. Boo! Well, the, the first article was Yahoo Sports. Something like that. No, it was. I think the first article was USA Today with Bob Nightingale, and he talked to Luno, who lamented, um, and it was it was sort of about how how no trade clauses have kind of combined to screw the Astros. In Cole Hamels refusing to waive his no trade clause to go to Houston, but waiving it to go to Arlington, uh, and then Lucroy, who was going to go to Cleveland originally, and then he, you know exercised his no trade option and found his way of course to to Arlington as well that it was I guess Luno was <laughs> tone is so important in this and if and I I'd, I think it would make it a lot more clear if there was like audio of the interview in the original Bob Nightingale piece where Luno, okay, the, Luno well, said basically really like I wish teams wouldn't give out no trade clauses and if if he was and the way I read it and and I'm curious the way you read it I read that as like it's kind of jokey. Like it, he was just kind of laughing it off. Like, like man, that sucks. That was a really. Crap- but that's kind of what it is, though. It does suck. Like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Like, yeah, a team doesn't pick my team. That sucks. But that doesn't. Whatever. And so I think what what and I read that and I was like, wow, that was that was pretty candid for Luno. Luno's normally not that. He nor- he normally doesn't. You know. Have a, no, have, have opinions, that, that, yeah. you know, publicly. And and then the next day there was an article by Liz Rosher, and I think that That's one That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the one that – because she, like, took the pieces of the interview and made this just soup, this bad soup. Yeah, there's, like, toenails in the soup. It was yeah. 
that that's the that was the egregious thing that I was talking about. Not not the Nightingale article. Yeah, it was her paraphrasing and her picking pieces and what Luno wants to set the club back fifty years. Is that yes, what was yes. her title? He wants Are you, to, is that a joke? Like that's a joke. It. I'd like. To, I think it is. I think most Astros fans you think it was in jest, or do you think like that's a that's just something really stupid to say. I don't think it was in jest because, like, I know I, I know of Liz Rosher. Like, I don't know her. Obviously, don't know her personally, but but she's been writing for this Phillies blog that that I sort of kept tabs on, and and she's been doing this long enough that I, everybody knows. Like, if you write a headline like that, the the Luna wants to set baseball back fifty years. You better make it pretty clear in the first line that that you're joking around, like that you're you're just blowing it out of proportion. You're exaggerating. Whatever the fact that it was Yahoo Sports, I don't. I I think she was serious. I think I abs. I actually believe one hundred percent. She, that's what she got from reading Bob Nightingale's article. That Luno wants to. He wants to. But that he wants to. Like that's fucking asinine, James. <laughs> no, I I agree. I I believe like that. that article. Like she was so proud of it too. Like retweeting snarky responses. People aren't happy about this article. No, you idiot. Like you just took – I just hate people that take quotes out of context and then add in surrounding things and don't give the background of what he was answering. Yeah. Um, I just think it was sloppy and careless journalism and I, I just – I'm not a big fan of that. What makes me – and I agree and I sort of dis- – I read it and dismissed it and – Well, I laughed it off. I was like this is just stupid. So I didn't get, I didn't get mad like a lot of the fan base did but I understand why they were. Yeah, what concerns me is what if I mean we've talked we've talked about this before that there is a confirmation bias with the Astros that if you hate Jeff Luno, if you don't like the way that he did went about rebuilding the Astros, then there's pretty much nothing that can be done to change your mind. If you sure. if you love Jeff Luno and if you love what he's done and the way he's gone about things, then there's pretty much nothing that's going to change your mind about that either. Like I feel like we're sort of in like Trump Hillary <laughs> categories with with how the perception of you either love the Astros or you hate them. There's not a whole lot of in between there. What I guess concerns me, and I heard from from someone that that is a lot closer to sort of the inside insider baseball perspective um, than certainly I am because I'm not an insider at at all that that he was like hey this is not a good interview and uh, this is really bad and it, it that made me nervous the wait no everybody like not everybody laughed this off like there were people like people could actually take this article seriously do you think that the Astros and Luno have a perception problem that leads to Free, the free agents and trade candidates not being not being willing to come to Houston. Do you think there is that kind of a perception issue? I, I really don't. I, I really don't. I think the uh, like Cole Hamels. I think that was a very specific situation, and he wanted to pick and choose where he was going for his last few years. His wife was from Dallas, and she kind of played that card and. That's where he picked. I. It's fun to make fun of him because he's a fucking son of a bitch, and I don't <laughs> like the way his face looks. But, but I. I don't think that had anything to do with. Oh, it's the Astros. I'm not going there. It was more like I'm going to Dallas. Yeah, and and yeah. then 
to piggyback Lucroy on that, it's like, ah, eh, I, I just, I just don't think that's the case. Why wouldn't anybody want to come and sign with a team where they could get paid now and play with a bunch of young guys that are predicted to be winners? I, I just think that's stupid, and and there hasn't been the big signing to refute that. But I think that's coming, and I don't think I, I, I wanted to ask you when you thought the narrative changed. I know that Luno is a little bit polarizing, but I was under the impression a lot of people were impressed with what he did. You know, I, i.e., the Sports Illustrated article and how he just completely re- rebuilded the farm system and just dropped the payroll. I, 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 I liked what he did. He rebuilt our team. So I don't understand why people hate him so much. I think it because it, it goes back to if you if you read Buster Olney. And, and, you know, if you read sort of the major writer, but I don't know how much, I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those guys that I think like every writer hates the Astros, but, but only was pretty critical about the way the Astro, about the way Luno went about it. John, Ken Rosenthal was pretty critical about the way the Astros went about rebuilding, you know, to tear it down that dramatically to basically write off two or three seasons and, and go about it sort of the quick way. But I, but I also know, like, all right. So the Astros had a had a payroll of of twenty six million dollars or whatever. They could right. have gone out and spent fifty million dollars on someone like Edwin Jackson, and what would that have done? Right, and that wasn't the team philosophy. So I, why would you spread it out to maybe five or six years and not cut the payroll that much, and then have marginalized veterans on your team, yeah. and then kind of phase them out? Why I would rather just tank and take three brutal seasons and get. A full farmhouse, uh, almost a full team, pretty much any position you can think of, aside from catcher. Um, <laughs> I guess Max Stassi counts for something. Uh, but I, I just had no problem with it, and I don't consider myself to be completely baseball naive. So I, I think it's an opinion thing. So that's cool that they think that, but I, I just don't see – there's no firm basis on to whether or not that's the right or wrong way to do it. It's That's their team philosophy. Yeah, and I and I think once they start spending money, that'll prove to be a superior choice. But you know, that's that remains to be seen. And but and I don't, I I think we need to be ready for the idea that it's it, that that one signing is going to be a couple of years away because this year's free agent class is terrible. And yeah, I don't want. I mean, do you want some random? I mean, I, I would take Edwin Encarnacion. I'd be all right with that. But that's that's about it. You know, to be honest with you, this who, is, is Donaldson. Also, there's somebody else on the Blue Jays that's. Oh no, it's uh, Bautista. Bautista, yeah, yeah. I just don't. I don't. I want an arm, and there's no arms. There's, there aren't any, and 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 I think that if I don't, I don't know what the Astros could do to change. And I thought, I, I guess you you were going to ask me when did the narrative change. I guess I had thought that maybe it changed last year when the Astros made the playoffs and came within, you know, a terrible, crazy circum- set of circumstances. Well, see, well, wait, but but I, th- I, I was under the impression that it was positive. So I meant, when did it change from Luno's a genius to, no, he's not. He has subjected us to failure in the future. I, think, I meant from good to bad. Because I, I was under the impression that, that he was doing a good job. Yeah, no, I think I think most to me he was. Yeah, to me he was as well. But I think there there are people, and there's no more. 
and I'm making a broad sweeping generalization here, but there's no more vin- petty, vindictive class of people like the old sports writer. Wait, and you know, and, but they and they have to, they have deadlines to meet, and they have to fill quotas and all that shit. So I don't take a lot of stock in those superstar writers because they're looking for an angle on things, and I think that they take the the opposite opinion on a lot of shit just to. It's the hot have take. that opposite voice to play in that play in that angle. Hot take mentality. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Hot take. But I think that you know, whereas like, I, I, the, Astros County does not get an. Does, there's not the. There's not traffic. I mean, there's there's. I don't want to say like paid. I, I don't pay that much attention to page views, but I know yeah, when yeah. like a when something I write is pretty well received. It's getting a fraction of a percentage of, of the page views that someone like Olney uh, or Rosenthal writes. And, and I think that if, if Olney and Rosenthal are black, you know, players read that, read them too. And agents read them. And I think there's a, that's the dangerous thing. Yeah. There's a significant part of, of the baseball crowd that, that hates the Astros, you know, that, that, and Luno sort of, it's not like he, he just got this reputation. Like he was polarizing in St. Louis as well. And if, if you didn't like him in St. Louis, that follows, you know, but I don't think anybody liked anybody in St. Louis. That may be true. And, and that's just how, that's just a personal thing. Anybody in St. Louis, if you're under that umbrella, you're not, I'm not the uh, biggest fan of you. No, that's that. That's that's cool. I no, I can get on board with that. But but I, if I, I don't know what the Astros would have to do win the world. I, but I honestly think that if the Astros won the World Series, they'll be like, but remember all the hell that Luno subjected the organization to from 2011 to 2014. Like I, I don't. Like, yeah, I remember it. But we all knew what they were doing. Like it was. I I, I, I mean I I know that there were people that weren't on board, and maybe they aren't as smart. I don't know. Yeah. But I felt like all of the intelligent fans that that I interact with were we were all like, okay, this is what we're doing, and because we had a plan and we knew what they were doing, there was no expectation, and we're like, okay, this is what we're doing, and we loaded up our our farm system just like we were supposed to, and then we saw the guys come up. It was everything has worked out to plan as of now. Yeah, and yeah, we had that fluke playoff thing last year. I still think it's a fluke. And we're still developing and all that. But I, I like I thought we were all on board, like, okay, this is the direction we're going. And it worked. For I now. Guess, I guess what I my what I'm taking away and I'm still I haven't written anything about that Roger piece because I'm still like trying to figure it out and, and I've got a lot of other things going well, I on. I think the Nightingale piece would be I, I, that's more the interview is more disconcerting to me than the weird <laughs> smear piece afterwards. No, that's true. That's a good point. Just because the Luno wanting to set the organization back fifty years is a egregious title. That's just a terrible headline. It. Why the hell would he want to? Number one, it's just poorly worded, and I don't think a general manager could set an organization back that long if they wanted to. <laughs> that's a good point. So, like, fuck off, Liz. Like, we're not, we're not gonna. We don't like African Americans. Like, we can here. fire Luno and have a new guy come in and spend a hundred million dollars and change that in literally one year, if they wanted to. I, it, it just, it's stupid. So he, I, I just think that's. He's proven in the. 
few years he's been here that he can turn it around if you just dump for three years. Yeah, that you can turn. So any new guy could do that, and it wouldn't take fifty years. So and what I don't know how much that's hyperbole and, in like I said, in jest. I just I hate that as a title. It's just stupid journalism. And what's more, what's more egregious, like having a, an absolutely terrible three year stretch, or you're the Pirates and you sort of half ass it, and you're just you just hover around. You're I don't want to hover around. Yeah, that's that's more insulting to me than dumping for three years. Generally, yeah, you're generally bad for twenty years, or you can be terrible for three and game the system in the in, in what seems like it's the right way to not the right way to do it, but but the perfect way to do it. I don't know, but I, we know like, and people like people like for use this as, I don't know how much of a comparison this is, but like, for example, the Spurs tanked to get Tim Duncan and it changed their franchise forever. Uh-huh. And everybody praises that now. Yeah. So if, if Correa and Springer and Bregman and all these guys pan out and we are winning titles and a perennial playoff team, then who's right? I keep coming you back. You just can't like you can't like judge the future in the moment. Yeah. And I so many people try to do that and it's really annoying. I think there there are two things that the Astros are polarizing because they were the first just legitimately terrible organization in the Twitter era. Right. And that's you know, that's a good point. The Spurs, you know, the, when did Duncan get drafted? 1971, 1972? Was that when he got drafted? <laughs> it feels like it. Um, you know, they've the, won titles every year since then. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, they were they were bad and but but nobody was on no one got mad online about it. The Astros, you know, and the Phillies were sort of kind of doing the same thing that the Astros did and and they were praised for it, you know, the, that was the trading Giles and trading Hamels. That was exactly the right move. And that's no different from what the Astros were doing. Right. You know, maybe Hamels and, and Giles are higher profile than than Berkman and... I don't think so. Bud Norris and... Who well, are, maybe Bud Norris. Hunter Pence, you know, the... But but the fact that the Astros did it when Twitter was around makes it... It's just a, it's just a million more screaming voices... And the True. cluttering up the background, but I also think that Houston is not as big of a baseball market. It doesn't have as big of a, an impact nationally as as maybe I th- I thought it did. Um, well, no, I, I mean the city is always overlooked, and that's that's the annoying thing. So that's why I don't take those national articles that seriously, is because we do get coast bias yeah. put on us, west or east. It doesn't matter whether it's Balsaroni or it's like you said, Ken Rosenthal or any of those guys, like eh, they just need clicks. And I think we're an easy target. Yeah. Cause everyone, whether I mean, it's warranted or not, because everyone has an opinion. I mean, you, you, you have the first overall pick three years in a row and, and, and it looks like it's, it's even, you know, it's remotely intentional and, and people are going to hate it. So even though I don't know, I don't, I don't follow bat. I'm starting to follow basketball more, but are the Sixers getting drilled the same way that the Astros do? Well, the Sixers always get drilled. They're the Sixers. Well, yeah. But, no, they get made. They get they get torched online. That, but I think it's just fun to make fun of them. <laughs> We're not the Sixers. This is not the. They're they're a bad organization. Hmm. Like, I've, overall, I don't have they're anything. They're just really really bad. I don't have anything to contribute to this part of the conversation. Okay, yeah. The, 
yeah, the the Sixers are not good. So move on from oh, that. Okay. That was a good segue. Yeah. Um, move on from that. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Gomez to the Rangers. What what is the likeliest outcome for Carlos Gomez in in Arlington? Um, I think he's going to be better, but not great. Well, now, now my heart says that he is going to torch the world <laughs> and yep. make us all feel his pain. But in all honesty, I I firmly believe that a change of scenery is sometimes the best thing for an athlete. Just you get inside your own head, and everything's bad and negative in a place. Yeah, and just even if even though it's the shitty Rangers, like he's gonna be thankful for a uh, a second chance. And I feel like the way Gomez how emotionally is, I feel like he's gonna take advantage of it. Yeah, I think when and I love the I really love the dude, and I, I wish it wasn't Texas that he went to. Like anybody, I wish he got a chance somewhere else. Literally anybody else. And he's just he's already their starting left fielder after being released by us and being absolutely terrible. <laughs> so I mean, I I, I don't want to see him fail there, but I do because it's the Rangers. So now I'm torn because I really do love Gomez. Yeah. I thought he was a great guy, and I'm rooting for him. But now I'm not rooting for him at the same time. I think that I think two things are gonna are gonna are gonna help him. One that he gets he he has he has another chance, you know, and, and he seems like a guy that. As you said, he's emotional, and I think he will appreciate the chance he's been given. When he came to Houston, he was he was the deadline acquisition that was going to push this team over the top. And I think that you know he's a he was older than just about everybody else, and it, people kind of you know looked to him to be the guy that that was the catalyst for a deep October run. And and I think that got into his head, you know, that he wasn't used to being that guy. And so the fact that he's going to come onto a team that has Beltran, that has Beltre, that has all these sort of established older players, he doesn't have to be that guy. And I think it's going to help him settle down. And I, I swear he's going to hit 300. And he's going, to be, he's going to be a totally different player. He might be, but he's looked, I mean, he's looked really bad at the plate and in the outfield. Like he, has, he just had a really, really bad year. He really did. So, I mean, that's still got to be in his head. I know that the change of scenery thing can help, and there is no pressure. But honestly, dude, there was no pressure here. I mean, he was hitting seventh and eighth a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I, I might be making that up. But I'm just making the point that he was moved back in the lineup. He wasn't – like, we weren't even counting on him. Yeah, that's true. At, at some point. So there wasn't that pressure at least after – some of this year. Well, I mean, I mean, the pressure that he put on himself is kind of what I was, you know, he, well, he was real hard on himself. If you, if I watched all of his interviews after his terrible games with like the ones where he, you know, missed the, the pop flies. And, yeah. uh, I, I, he was, he really wanted to succeed here and he apologized to us as fans a lot. Yeah. And a lot of the casual fans don't know that, but he, every time that he fucked up a game, he would say that was on me, yep. my bad. That like that's on me. I need to be better. So he owned up to it every time he messed up. So everybody wants to talk about the the cockiness and the the smiles and the falling down, the bat flips, all that stuff. Like he was a good dude and played hard. So I, I have nothing but respect for that guy. And I'm sorry it didn't work out here. Please don't hurt us. <laughs> now, if he goes and if he goes to Texas and absolutely rakes. 
I know we talked to Seth Payne a couple of weeks ago about the role of the hitting coach, but if they're able to rebuild him into an, a productive major leaguer, do you now kind of cut your eyes at Dave Hudgens, the hitting coach, and be like, I still don't know. But maybe because I think he's. I, I think I, it's worth talking about, but I, I just, I still don't know how important. I, I mean, I'd have to talk to the team yeah. to know how important this guy is. Yeah, and like, like, and like Seth said, did he was he playing an integral part in in Altuve's resurgence, or was that Altuve's guys? Right. Um, who shortened Bregman's swing? I mean, was that uh, Adam Everett? You know, I know he works with a lot of the minor league guys. I mean, yeah. who knows? I, mean, I just keep thinking I, that that Hudgens is is the the most. He's the one who's like, please don't let this work out. Like, like he's the most nervous about Gomez going to Arlington. Because <laughs> if he if Gomez goes and lights the world on fire, then but think, Gomez was think, an all star all star two years ago. So I, I I don't think that coaching is that much of a factor with a guy like that. That literally maybe it's just, yeah, a little tinker here or something to help us <laughs> swing out. But, I mean, he was just off. Yeah. And, I mean, slumps happen. I mean, you look at the – it's not like the Astros are scoring. But, I mean, but that wasn't – if you're a decent baseball player, you shouldn't be performing like that. Yeah. And, and I'm saying that with all the respect in the world for the guy. But, I mean, he looked terrible. Just lost. Absolutely Yeah, lost. like no chance. Like it was just as bad as it can be. And he felt it. And all the pressure was weighing him down from himself. So the, the the Astros fan in me says that he is going to torture us. I don't know how good he'll be otherwise, but I can expect some uh, some comeuppance, if you will, when we play them in the September. It's really the ultimate troll job by the Rangers to even and and they I mean it's not like they did it just on a whim. Like the Rangers well, have the Rangers have you do that too. If your starting left fielder goes down, Chu goes down, and and then Gomez, who is, I mean, bad or not, MLB ready, yeah, you sign him immediately. I would do the same thing. Yeah, no, no, that's what I was going. They, you know, they had a demonstrated need, you know, to to at least give Gomez a shot. You know, they don't. It's it costs them in baseball economics. Absolutely, no, half a million dollars is nothing. Nothing. Um, but the, the fact that the Astros are going to be paying paying him and the possibility of him going to help finish off finish off our the Astros season that's I, I mean the it's such if I was a Rangers fan I would just be tugging on my nutsack in glee just excited for the possibility that Gomez would be the guy that turned it around that that, that destroyed the Astros 2016 season oh, I, I honestly can't take that so if that happens <laughs> I already we've all played it out in our heads we've all seen it but if that's I've already, I've already. Dude, I can't, I can't. I, I honestly, after this year, it's been so tumultuous and up and down. I really can't, I really can't handle that. Especially if we somehow crawl back into it, and it's our season's contingent upon <laughs> having to beat the Rangers for once, and then he's the guy that prevents us from doing it. It would it's be. Like, it would it's be, like okay, we are not in the favor of the Lord. No. Like, what, what did we do? Take the boat on the river sticks, and let's just go to hell forever. That's, that's right. <laughs> Pay the boatman uh, your tax, and take that take that fiery ride. I've already envisioned the trip to the liquor store. If if Gomez is the one that that ends up killing the, but Astros. he's a good baseball player. So like, we can't like I I don't expect him to just lie down and quit. Like I I want 
I want his best. I just want to beat him with him at his best. I, I saw a few people tweet, and I wish I could remember specifically. So, guys, if you're listening, I didn't say your name. I'm sorry. But they were saying, I want to, you know, want him to succeed and hit 500, but the Rangers still find a way to lose. Yeah. Like, have him be amazing, but they can't win games. Well, that, that would be ideal for me. I think that's then he's what, succeeding, and they're not succeeding. So I'm good with that. I think that's what every real fan, I mean, you want to be able, you know, you'd love it to, to face... Hamels and Darvish in back-to-back games and just absolutely light them up and it not be like you're you're basically beating Round Rock. You know, I want I want to destroy the Rangers when they don't when their fan when their trash morally bankrupt right. fan base doesn't have any excuse. There's no asterisks to put on it. Yeah. It's just you beat them and you beat them at their best. And and that, and that's how those you know the whole White Sox World Series went. Like yeah. they just beat us or or, or even the NLCS series with the Cardinals like those were like knockdown drag out games where both teams just laid it out on the field yeah and you beat their best yep or they beat your best if you're talking the World Series yeah but sorry to bring that up guys I'm still proud of that World Series I don't care what anybody says yeah we got swept but I go back and forth it was it wasn't that bad I go back and forth do you I mean, yeah, it sucked. It was the only, but we got there, and like every game was crucial. Like that was one of the most exciting World Series I've ever watched, and it was my team getting swept. Yeah, I I referred to it. I mean, yeah, that game four. Fuck. I mean, I was there, and Jermaine died. It was like I hit up the middle. Yep. And it was one nothing, and we lost. Like that was it. Four games by was it six runs? Was the margin? Yeah, if if that. Oh. Fucking. Blum hitting home runs. Pesednik. Freaking Scott Pesednik. I mean, it was it was just shit like that. That's what makes it annoying. That was wasn't that Pesednik's first like home run of the season? Probably. I think it was. If and I know Astros baseball lore. It's like probably yeah. Pesednik is uh, from uh, West Texas, a, a, a town that's not too far from me. And every time I drive through West, I I drive and I don't I don't have it visible. Does it say home of Scott Pesednik? It doesn't, but I every time I drive That's through surprising. it, I I with my with my finger down towards like the back of my knee, I just blast my middle finger just right. as I drive through the town. So I'm like freaking <laughs> Scott Pesednik. So That's funny. Maybe I'm the only one that does that. I don't know. No, I would do the same thing. So sorry, to bring up hurtful past. It's I, all hurt. I mean, we're. It really is all hurt. If we if we're going to talk history, like it's all hurt. It's it's just a series of disappointments, and it's just a different type of disappointment every year. It really is. <laughs> I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful. Surprisingly hopeful. Like we are so young. Like I, I saw somebody tweet that uh, that Guriel comes up, and he's immediately. We haven't talked about Guriel, by the way. Um, he's immediately. Five years older than <laughs> yeah. than the next guy in the lineup. Yeah, no, that's true. That's what, what are your expectations? Like, like we're all young for Guriel. Yeah, to be an adequate, productive third baseman. Okay. Um, like kind of like what he's done today. Just a single here, get on base, and then play third well. Yeah. Um, I was interested to see what they were going to do because Bregman has played a great third base mm-hmm. um and i almost feel like he he earned that spot i mean i guess you have a 32 year old guy you pump money into coming in but fuck man i 
I don't know. I think they'll tinker with it. I think Hinch will do what you uh, what you sure. love, and you love how much AJ Hinch tinkers with lineups and and positions. That's your favorite. So I think he'll, I, well, I, like you said, I go back and forth. I I understand it, but then I feel like like there's always an an improvement to be made. Yeah, and he always takes that chance. So it's like there's it's never settled in for even a little bit. It's like ah, the sixth spot was just one for four. So let's see if we can make it two for four, and I'm going to switch these guys. It's just like it's an it's always changing, and if we're going to be an amoebic baseball team, that's a new uh, I like it thing I've made up. Amoebic, love it. That's that's my style. That's Jay, that's Hinch's style, style of managing. But I'm I'm with you, you know, and I think that I was kind of surprised. Maristic just hit a home run. Sweet, sore groin and everything. Um. So yeah, this series was meant for us if Jake Marisnik and Castro were hitting home runs. <laughs> the um I, I I'm with you, you know, I I, I think I've I think we've learned to you know, as far as like AJ Reed coming up and, and largely struggling. Reed's been playing a lot better lately. He has. Um Bregman we've already talked about has been playing a lot better. But I think we've learned to kind of temper our expectations with new guys. And so I'm with you. Just be like be a be a league average if you're league average, that's good enough. But I was surprised that I mean it was like I, I thought he was gonna get another week or two in Fresno. But I, I was shocked too, to be honest with you. And I wonder how much you know Valbuena re-aggravated his hamstring. It's a hundred percent the reason. And they were like, "Fuck, we need to run. We need to go now." Yeah, that he's not. That, he, when I saw that, I was like, "Well." But then I laughed, kind of like we t- laughed earlier. If Valbuena is like your season, then you're already done. Then no that, offense, he's been great. He's had a great year. But like, if Valbuena's that dude, then you're on Plan like, G, let's just, Plan H. Let's all just everybody calm down. Yeah. No, but I yeah I think I think that once once he re-aggravated himself, there it doesn't feel like the Astros are only th- on on the verge of being three and a half out of out of out of October. With I kind of like that, don't you? Don't you like feeling dead and being right there? It's a good feeling. Um, because, because they are in it. But like when you're feeling is death, then all you can do is improve. I remember last year when things were starting to go. You could tell things were starting to go south after the trade deadline, and the the Astros had like a two game lead, and I was like, and I thought this is this season's freaking over. And then I thought, after everything we've been through as fans, like I'm complaining about a two game lead going into September or something right. like that. No, but, I know you know, and I think that, and and this could be just like a a cultural thing now with Twitter. And I think we're we're analyzing the team every day, yeah. And we're reevaluating, and and we've talked about this in previous episodes. But with the season being so long, whatever happened on that day is where you are, and like that's where you are mentally. And so if you follow a team regularly, you're always going to be reevaluating that. Mm-hmm. So it's like this this terrible roller coaster, and. It's like right now you're like, uh, woe is me. And then they win seven straight, and then the whole narrative changes. And going forward, you know, they lose seven or they win ten more. It, it, it just changes all the time. And it's hard to just sit back and shut up and let the season unfold. Yeah. It's always panic. And then, oh, we're good. Panic. Are oh, we yeah. good? Panic. We're great again. It's, it's just like this is just baseball. Right. We could win twenty in a row, and we could. I mean, what about those the the pennant winning team or the 
the wild card team that won however many. I know I'm supposed to know that Astro fans. I'm sorry. Thirty. They went what? Thirty six and ten. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And would you have predicted that? No. no. Literally nobody predicted that. Yeah. And they and they did it. So I mean, I think we have to take everything with a grain of salt. And and I'm saying that on a podcast that we do weekly and where we evaluate the team. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, right? I mean, shit changes so, especially with the Astros. They're so. I don't know. I just tr- I just try to imagine like what if what if I had a bad day at work and twenty five thousand people tweeted about it. Right. Like that would really piss me off. And and I and, and that's a good way to think about it. I it, mean I know it's different and it's like it's not the same, but it is. It's sort of yeah. I mean they're they're just people playing a game and like shit can go wrong for literally all of us. <laughs> right, right. And regularly does. Yeah, yeah. You know so it just it happens. So 162 games is a very long time. So and there's still I mean there's still what 40 games left in the season? Uh, yeah, a lot of time. So, I mean, yeah, you go you go 30 and 10 and you might win a division. <laughs> that would be nuts. I I know and it's not it's not necessarily likely, but it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. I mean, they they played at basically that level for for a significant portion of the season already this year. It's not out of the realm of possibility. If but, you go back, yeah, exactly. If you go back and look, this team with the swings it's done is capable of anything. Then, and by losing twenty in a row, winning twenty in a row, <laughs> yes, going five hundred, ten out of ten and twenty. I mean, ten for ten and twenty. Who knows? They're yeah, they're they're a five. They're just above a five hundred team because they are per, they are. Perfectly capable of losing ten straight and then following that up with winning ten straight. Like that's how they got to this point. So and it's very it's a very frustrating form of baseball to watch. Yeah, but it balances out. Yeah. So as terrible as that ten in a row losses feel, that ten in a row ten in a ten in a row ten in a row ten in a row wins feels great when they were when they were playing out of their minds. We were. I was on cloud nine. I could not wait for seven and I, o'clock. And I completely night. dismissed all of those negative feelings from before when I was like, "Fuck this team! <laughs> Why did you do to me? What is the season over? It's April. Yes, it is. It's <laughs> over." So they do this to us, and we have to remind ourselves that, like, this is what baseball is. And I don't care what team you root for; they're going to have lulls, and you just have to deal with them. Or your team's bad. One or the other. One or the other. It, and so, tune in for six more games of Astros baseball this week. Pirates, Pitt, go Pittsburgh, to, and, and Tampa, right? To Pittsburgh and home against Tampa. So, uh, so this week. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Who knows what? Because the, the Rays beat the Astros the last time in the first season or the first series of the season. So, yep. Who knows? But it's a different team uh, than it was. I think the first time that they played. So, who knows? Yeah, who knows is what I'm getting on a shirt. <laughs> Nobody here. The Houston who knows. Yeah. Houston who knows. Uh, know. Let's wrap it. All right. So. Thanks for listening, idiots. That is one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. Hey! It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. Hooray!
You get a free child's play, we use ticket stuff from any Astros game. Guys, I don't let 